Good day. Welcome to another episode of So You Can Hear Me When I'm Gone. In this interview, we talk with Uncle Craig. We get into what it's like to be a parent of twins. Twin boys in particular. And how fun and challenging that can be, as well as some reminiscence back to when Craig was growing up. All right, Craigers, what's going on over there? Hey, what's up? Hey. Dal and I have been working on this uh, family history podcast, which is like, we call it, so you can hear me when I'm gone. That's the name of it. So you can hear me when I'm gone. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's like pretty to the point there on that, on that title. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice and direct. Yeah. Well, I was, I mean, it came from, from, uh, how about something like from the grave? <laughs> well, well, I mean, we've got like podcasts and everything. I mean, podcasts are on the rise like crazy and it was Mike had the idea that, you know, it's interesting that I can listen to any number of really, you know, smart people or even dumb people just on any number of topics. And yet I can't listen to, you know, my grandpa talk about such and such or my grandmother talk about such and such or, you know, all these people who have have passed away on any given topic or, or hear their voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's lame. You know, at the touch of a button. So what? What would you want to have your boys know? I mean, when your when your boys are thirty or you know thirty five or something, or what, what would you want to tell them? Or or maybe you know what would you like to have heard from your dad when he was your age? Now? What would I like them to hear when they're thirty? Well, I love you, um, and if you made it to thirty, then I didn't screw up. Or if I did screw up, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, let me frame it a different way then, perhaps. Like, what what would you what would you have asked your dad? I mean, now you know at your age, what would you what would you want your dad to, or what would you what do you not know about your dad that you'd like to know that you you'd ask him? What a blame. You know, what was what was going on? How did you get through this, or how did you get through that, or that kind of thing? So maybe maybe couch it that way. Well, in this time of life where I have a five-year-old that is all-consuming, it's just keeping them occupied. What's been really fun about the boys that you just absolutely enjoy, you just love? Well, I uh, being with them, doing things. Um, I love the fact that we go and ski. That's pretty awesome to them just wanting to um, follow me. They're now to the point where they, uh, we do follow the leader. We have this train and they try to stay in my tracks. Nice. And then today, just today, just sitting here playing uh, memory and guess again, which is um, 20 questions. And then Uno and uh, we pulled out Monopoly. And yesterday we did a, what's it called? Garage sale. And after the garage sale, we rode our bikes around and 
saw some kids down at the neighboring the the neighbor kids and in fact that's what he was just asking about he wanted to go play with his new neighbor friends these are all examples of just being in the moment is that something you kind of picked up from having the boys is just living in the moment it's what's well it's it's having the boys well actually it's pretty ironic because it's it's something that uh um i don't know if you ever got grandpa's email but uh, several months before he passed away, he sent an email. Maybe it was about a year before he passed away. Actually, no. Time, time frame was about a, a month or so after Grandma passed away. Sent an email that basically was a statement of there was some his regrets, uh, some of the things that he wished he would have done, which was, of course, spending more time with his kids. Hmm. And it's sort of cliche. I mean, a lot of people always say that. Yeah. And so at the time, I was like, oh, well, dad's just, grandpa's just looking back on his life. Grandma passed away. He's getting ill. And I didn't really think much of it. But in the last couple of years, it's something that's always, I shouldn't say always, but it, it pops up in the back of my mind several times. It's like, yeah, doing things with, the kids doing things with the family. Now, of course, you always you hear that, and people always say it, and because it's a very cliche comment of people on the deathbed of, oh, one thing I always wish I would have done is spend more time with the family. But I personally wish I would have spent more time at the office. You know, <laughs> if I if I just only gotten that one more project done. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Did that impact you at all? I mean, maybe not at the time, but no, you know. not not really at the time. But it uh, it's they're five, they're turning six, and you do the math, and it's like that's like a quarter, if not a third, of their childhood. Yeah, eighteen, and then they move out. Really, I mean, yeah, they're, they're kind of done cooking, <laughs> done baked. You know, <laughs> pull them out of the oven. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's perspective. It puts things in perspective. Does it that perspective influence your day to day with the boys and and the family in general, or does it kind of guide you, or it's kind of an overarching? Yeah, it's an overarching. I mean, it's just something. It's not something that I uh, contemplate every single day or every moment. It's just uh, once in a while you have to sit back and go, "Hey, this is happening and happening now, and probably will never happen again." So enjoy it. Yeah. Which uh, Mike, with kids, now you've got two or one on the way. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I think about it a lot. They get busy very, very quickly. Does this, does raising the boys in the, you know, the last six years, does this ever, do you ever go back to your own childhood and kind of maybe not reminisce, but think about like, you know, I want them to have this because I didn't have it, or I want them to have this because I had it, or, or you know, this experience or that experience or. Do, do I ever have experiences in my childhood that I would like my children to have? Yes. I think of one of the, I recently was thinking of something like, you just need to do this because this is what I did. Riding bikes yesterday was one of them. Uh, building a jump. Yesterday we built a jump. Come on. This is how you build a jump. This is how you <laughs> jump off of the ramp with your bikes. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Um, and I can't think there was some, there was another one just recently in the last week. I can't remember, but yeah. Oh, I know what it was. Okay. We're going to sit down and watch Mary Poppins. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there watching Mary Poppins going, you know, I know this music. Oh yeah. Cause I was, I remember as a kid sitting and watching Mary Poppins until it ended. And then we went to bed and it's like, okay, we're doing this. We're watching Mary Poppins. Classic. Yep. Let's go fly a kite. Memory making. Yes. Memory making. Cause they're not going to remember sitting in some dumb comedy show or something or something else that they're just routine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that the music kind of cued you cued some memories for you yes the music is um i don't know if it's for, for everyone else but it, it it's pretty impactful for me i really enjoy music yeah and this is something you're sharing with the boys and well yeah that was uh one hope in with mary poppins is so that they can uh at least have it there have it present no boys we're not going to turn it we're not going to turn some cartoon that you've seen 10 times already and <laughs> watch it again. And no, this is something that, that comes up is pretty rare. It's called Mary Poppins. It's got some wonderful music. It's a classic. It has a really good story. So let's, let's watch it. And that's an example of something that I had. I had an experience of that when I was a kid and want them to have the same, same experience. Well, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Raising kids right now. I mean, that's a big one. Um, well, raising kids right now is stressful being old. So have them young. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a thought I have more frequently. Is that a, an energy thing or? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's also a body is getting old thing. Yep. And I've thought recently, I was like, okay, wait, hold on. I can do this because my dad and my, my mom and dad had me about the same time had Kirk. So that is one thing that I remember my parents not really doing any uh, outdoor, outdoor physical activities. Now, with that being said, they loved boating. We'd go, they'd go water skiing. I remember being on the back of the bike or, and riding a bike up at Tahoe. We also did bike rides so the ward would have uh, i think it was a memorial day all day activity where we would start at a building church building and then we would ride for about two miles and we being the entire ward including my parents and the family would all bike together and get to this big park and, and that park had a big grassy knoll that uh had it was that we would do the block uh, ice block slides and have barbecue there and just have run, fun activities. And this is an example of activities that I would do when I was a kid and with my parents. So I'm like, okay, well, you know what? My parents did it. I can do it too. <laughs> mm, Which yeah. is why I love going skiing with them. And yesterday riding the bikes and take them down to the park and we've done hiking up these little high, little adventures up to the little cave. There's an old, there's an old mine uh, just north of or up in the hills in Farmington. We went up there and w went up to a waterfall 
had adventures and Caden complains the entire time and Leo's just a trooper. He just keeps going. <laughs> so yeah, these are all things that I'm focused on having experiences, doing things with them. Well, as you look forward, you know, as the boys are getting older, is, is there anything that you're concerned about? Like coming down the pipe as they're getting older, the things that, you know, they're going to, as they get older, they're going to approach and you're kind of worried about, or, or, or maybe stuff you're, you're preparing for as they get older. I don't know. You know, cancel culture, me too movement, social media stuff. There you the, go. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, basically like having a media presence and having stuff that gets said and then they get, uh, canceled for it. Mm, interesting. Um, as they become teenagers or approach that, yeah. The biggest biggest thing right now is uh, teenage suicide, as well as identity or sexual identity. Yeah, big topics right now, hitting kids younger and younger. And um, pronouns and all this whole. What what specifically worries you about all that thing that stuff? Because I mean, they had we had worries when we were kids. Our parents had worries about stuff. Like, is it is it knowing your boys as you do their personalities and how they'll maybe interact with this, or things are going to happen to them, and how you'll? I mean, what what exactly specifically are you? Yes. <laughs> um, ultimately, you- it, it boils down to those are all symptoms of identity having self-worth. So I'm constantly pounding into the lead Caden that he can do things, that he has the ability to do it himself, that he doesn't have to rely on constant approval. Caden has this ability that he has to be with people. He has to be, he has to have friends. He has to have, uh, he is very social. And his, my, my fear with Caden is that his self-worth will be purely on other people, based on other people's opinions of him. Mm. Leo, Leo has a temper with all this Me Too stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'm not too worried about Leo, but Leo's passion needs to be sparked because once he is passionate about something, he does it quite well. Leo focused on it and goes after it, that kind of thing. You mean? uh, Yeah, but it's difficult getting Leo to be passionate about something. Caden is passionate about all kinds of stuff all the time to the point where it's easy to draw his attention somewhere else because then he'll go, Oh, look squirrel. And now he's passionate about that. Whereas with Leo, he's just like lazy fair, just like whatever. Uh, but it's great when when we see him by himself doing what he likes doing, and he'll do it for hours on end. For example, Legos. He's very he's getting really good right now at following directions and building stuff. Rad. So sorry, that was sort of a rat hole that doesn't get down to the point, which is uh, um, what I'm what I'm in. What are the fears? coming forward in the future for them. Well, I don't want to be a nihilist, but I'm uh, starting to realize that I'm sort of a nihilist. (laughs) 
that there's really no hope in changing the world, only gaining the skills to deal with the world. Government corruption is always going to be there. And it's just a matter of having the skills, the knowledge, and the tools to have a safe place to go to when the world around us starts to collapse. Financial stability, having a nest egg, that is something that uh, is, I didn't really put much uh, um, focus on early on. I spent a lot of money racing around the country with a, a race car, and uh, that was fun. But uh, I'm now looking back at that time going, Wow, that was a lot of money that I could have put it put in and had a much larger uh, retirement. And so it's been a uh, it's been a focus right now financially, having the wherewithal and the means of living out the rest of our lives. Now, of course, um, Angela loves telling the story of when I was um, a teenager. And I went to my mom and said, I want the money. Well, she said, well, then you better get a job or you better do some stuff. You better do some chores or something. And, and uh, she threw out the idea of washing windows. But I wasn't too keen on it because it wasn't my idea. And I didn't think it was going to be too productive. And it was too labor intensive. I don't know who or how I got the idea of a paper out. But that came to my attention. So that was my first job. And shoot, how old was I? I think I was 13. I think that, I think there was an age limit. And I, and I was the youngest that you could be to, to be a, to have a paper route. Nice. Because I wasn't driving. It was less than, I think it was either 13 or 14 or something like that. So it was years later that I, that I figured out what, how I was even able to have a paper out because at the time it was in San Jose. So it was the San Jose Mercury News and the Mercury News had consolidated and removed all the paper routes for boys and consolidated into these huge routes that adults with vehicles or trucks or whatever would deliver them. Oh, shoot. Now it's a memory that just came by. In fact, Keith McDonald, when he was living with us, he had one of those paper routes. So that's how I knew that there was a paper route. But it, mm -hmm. it didn't dawn on me at the time that this was go what was going on, is that it was only 18-year-older adults who had their own vehicle who would drive because the routes are so big. So my boss, I can't remember his name, had purchased the rights of m multiple of these routes and was then dividing them up and employing kids. And I was one of those kids who then had a small route of these. So I was a subcontractor of a, of a subcontractor. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had, I don't know, enough to uh, keep me occupied for about 45 minutes in the morning to an hour or whatever. And if I, uh, uh, and so that uh, my first day, this is the story that my wife loves talking and saying is that, uh, was so young and skinny. I was probably about 95 pounds. Didn't have a bike that was big enough. So I had to ride my dad's bike, full size bike. And I was just barely able to, uh, 
uh, reach the pedals. I, no, wait, I was able to reach the pedals, but I was just I wasn't able to reach the, the the ground. So I'd have to get off the seat and straddle the bike to be able to to then touch the ground and keep the bike upright. And we put a basket on the front, basket on the back. It was one of those saddle baskets on the on the on the back that both sides. And it was so heavy that I could barely keep the bike upright and get on the seat and start pushing it. And uh, the, for the first couple of weeks or so, my mom had to hold the bike up and push the bike forward so I could start pedaling and get the bike going. And once I was going, I just couldn't stop because <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get, one way ticket, couldn't keep man. the bike up. So it was it was an incentive of get these papers out of the out of the basket so I can <laughs> I can stop. <laughs> and I was determined to earn some money. So that was the my first experience of having a job and earning money and and then I turned around and used that money and I became a loan shark to my sister who borrowed money from me. <laughs> and uh, best experience or best example of that was at night we're all sitting on the couch watching tv and carrie turns to dad and says hey dad can i borrow 20 bucks to put some gas in the car so he pulls out 20 hands it to her who then promptly turns around and hands it hands it to me and goes yeah thanks at which point my parents realized that they were (laughs) she was i was the loan shark i was her (laughs) i was her bank she was paying me back that's awesome did they pull the plug on that? On that? Uh, uh, that no, I, was just, I I think it continued for years. <laughs> well, did you have any family chores? Yeah. Oh yeah. So we had a we had family chores, and I remember pulling out a drawer in Dad's filing cabinet, a vanilla envelope and in it had my name, and it was a ledger with the heading allowance. And so I asked my dad, and this is before I had a paper out or anything, and I was like, what is this allowance? And it just keeps going up and up and up and up, $2 a week or something like that. And apparently my parents were giving me an allowance but weren't giving me the money. (laughs) And so... It wasn't until I found this piece of paper with this ledger with all this money in it. Like, what is what is an allowance? Why am I getting, why is it going up and up? And that's when they, when my dad said, well, that's, that's the money you get for every week for doing your chores. And I said, okay, well, I want my money. <laughs> where, is, where is it? Yeah, where is it? I've never seen this. <laughs> That's hilarious. What did he say? Did he have a good answer? Yeah, yeah. He gave it to me. And then about three weeks later, uh, I pulled out that piece of paper and it was uh, no longer there. (laughs) (laughs) He he cut that off. So I I don't know the backstory of of why he had a, a, a ledger with allowance that he never gave to me. And then all of a sudden it was gone. So. Interesting. Uh, so yes, I had uh, chores. Which was your least favorite chore? 
I would say my my least favorite. No, my least painful was vacuum. Okay. Which I still like vacuuming today. Right. I don't know stuff like uh, take the trash out, wash the windows, do the dishes. So, a question we like to end the podcast with is: uh, How do you find peace in this chaotic world with all the no- commotion? <sighs> Coming home. As chaotic and crazy as the house could be, it's it's home. So where the troubles and the problems of the world are out there, and they're not in here. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time yeah. to talk with us, Craig. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, we hope to be able to do this again sometime. Do another follow up. Sure. Glad to. 